Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio.
Navy. And we're going to be talking a little bit later um, about, uh, we're not actually going to be talking about parents. We're going to ask parents out there that are doing, why did you enroll your kid in martial arts? And uh, did you in the martial arts because you saw the fun that your kid was having? And we also want to pose the question to parents out there who have a martial artist uh, in their family uh, or uh, parents that are martial arts instructors. The question is, do kids of martial arts, and so, you know, kind of like um, how uh, fifth generation, like bow makers or, or sword makers, continue right. a craft or something like that, do they have to? And if you were a martial arts parent, would you be disappointed or mad or disown your child because they choose not to follow in footsteps. We'll go ahead and talk about that. <clears throat> Chief Mendez is watching. Um, uh, Ray is watching. Marcus Gonzalez is watching. I already said that. Nicola Pet is watching. David Bordeaux is watching. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the U.N. Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Um, what else did we do? Yesterday was just whirlwind. It was like it was just a uh, seminars and the banquet, right? And uh, the award ceremony. Yeah, the uh, the award ceremony was opened by um, Master Tony Stilidio of um, of that, that line. It was great. If you missed it, it's on my profile. Check it out. Can't miss it. You see, just a bunch, of, you know, multicolored lions and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it was pretty easy. They involved a lot of children this time, and and the children. And got down on the shoulders of some of the other dancers, and it was just so cute, really well done. Mm-hmm. Very well done. I really enjoyed it. It, it yeah. was it was very cool. It was very cool they, how they did that. Um, then today we um, met um, some of the last stragglers of the USA Starts Hall of Fame event, and we went to visit Bruce and Brandon Lee's grave. Um, out here in Seattle at Lee Cemetery, which is the times I've been coming to Seattle that I get to go. See it. So, yeah. wow, yeah, awesome, yeah, it's great. Everyone got their pictures taken. Stereo is going out of whack here. Oh, oh, oh! I'm just gonna have to turn up the turn up the volume a little bit. Yeah, that was that was really fun. It was a nice, cold, crisp uh, morning to meet everyone, and then we went down to Chinatown and we did the Wing Museum, which has a Bruce Lee exhibit called Do You Know Bruce? Um, Bruce Lives Here. Something like that. Something like that. But I think the fourth uh, version of... Third, 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 yeah, fourth. Yeah, I remember because this this exhibit here at the Wing Luke Museum has already been here for two years. And there's a lot of like true to life stuff, like handwritten notes written by Bruce himself um, about uh, notes like um, Enter the Dragon and stuff that drawings, uh, letters between himself and uh, Taki Kimura. Scenes that he was writing about in some movies that he's going to be working on. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It was really cool. And um, also with us was uh, Professor Gary Gill, who was one of the original under James Lee um, in the open days, the original. Old, old Oakland days, and uh, he gave us uh, some backdoor information. Also, while we were taking this uh, taking the tour, and then we went to the, the 
Chinese restaurant Taichung's just a couple of couple of um, blocks away, which was where Bruce had been known to hang out a lot while he was living here. In fact, we sat right next to the table that he normally sat at. Um, it was really cool. It was very it's, uh, cool. great energy. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that uh, come to come to Seattle, uh, yeah, do check out Taichung Restaurant, T-A-I-T-U-N-G, in the International District, a.k.a. Chinatown. And um, it's the oldest restaurant in the Seattle area. It opened in 1935, and that was where Bruce Lee had. That's where I hung out when I was a kid with my dad. It was where a lot of uh, where a lot of the uh, old manongs of the Filipinos, the Filipino barcas and the uh, Japanese and Chinese immigrants hung out at. In Chinatown. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Hey, Jane is watching. She goes, I think I was ever going to get logged on. Wifey is so... Wifey. Wifey. is so crappy tonight. This is my reading. Sean, how you doing, Sean? Bill, how you doing? John Hedgesmith also watching. Tony, Matt Tony Archibald is watching. So, yes. So, if you, um, if you guys are interested in tonight's subject as to... Parents, why did you get your kids enrolled in the martial arts? Or parents, did you get involved in martial arts because you saw the fun your kids were having? And we posed the question um, to martial arts parents. Do your kids have to follow in your steps to take over the dojo? Um, we'd really like to hear your comments on that. Here's our number, 476770069. However, we're not going to open the lines until... 30. So if you're calling now, you're going to have to be on hold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move to, uh, well, I, I was going to move to announcements, but uh, we don't have any more right, uh, right yeah. now because we, <laughs> we, just, we just did everything that we announced, right? So with that said, let's, um, let's go ahead and cut to birthdays. Do you have any birthdays? No, actually, I don't have any birthdays. Any birthdays? I don't have any birthdays. Yeah. I don't have any that I know either, but if you're having a birthday, <laughs> know somebody is having a birthday, yes. here is them to you and to your friends. Yes. So why don't we do this? Let's go ahead and just play happy birthday song to everyone, because you know, even though I don't have anybody, birthday, you know, there might be somebody out there that have a birthday. So here we go. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. Jamming all night till the light of day. Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine. Another year and you'll be looking fine. So have a no worries, don't you hesitate.
All right. So this is for you coffee lovers out there. Take notes. <laughs> so this article, this article comes from uh, University Health Network. And a new study suggests that drinking coffee may protect you against developing both Alzheimer's and worldwide ear. Just a little bit of trivia there. So anyway, a new study out of the Kremble Brain Institute, part of the Kremble Research Institute, suggests that there could be more that morning jolt of goodness than boosting energy and attention. Drinking coffee may also protect against developing both Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Should I read all this or do you want to read all this? Where am I starting? <laughs> coffee consumption does seem to have correlation to, to a decreased risk of Alzheimer's disease. You just read this. No, this part. Okay. <laughs> Parkinson's disease, says Dr. Donald Weaver, co-director of Carimble Bryan Institute. We wanted to investigate why that is, which <clears throat> compounds are involved and how they may impact the age-related cognitive decline. Uh-huh. Dr. Weaver enlisted Dr. Boss Mancini, a research fellow in the medical and chemistry and a biologist to help. His team close to the Hello, I can't read. Team <laughs> the team chose to investigate three different types of coffee. Light, dark roast, light roast, dark roast, and caffeinated dark roast. All right. Now, the caffeinated and decaffeinated dark roast. You see where this is going? The caffeinated and decaffeinated dark roast, both identical potencies in the initial experiments, says Dr. So we observed early on that its protective effect could not be due to caffeine. So, Dr. Mancini then identified a group of compounds known as phenylindanes, phenylindanes which <laughs> emerge as a result of the roasting process for coffee beans. Phenylindanes huh. are unique in that they are the only compound invested in the study that prevents or inhibit. I can't read this. Beta amyloid? What is that? Beta amyloid and tau, two protein ferments common in all time and mm. Parkinson's from clumping. So, what's that again? Phenylindanes? Phenylindanes. There we go. Phenylindanes are a dual inhibitor. Very interesting. We were not expecting Dr. Weaver. How cool is that? that? At first, it was due to the roasting process. But now that it, that it's uh, it's due to these phenylalanine, um, that is a. Uh, well, sorry, I wrote I I said that wrong. They first it was caffeine, but now it's due to the roasting process. Now, as roasting leads to higher quantities of phenylalanine, dark roasted coffee appears to be more protective than light roasted coffee. Well, dark roasted coffee better anyway. Yes. There you go. It, it's the first time anybody's investigated how phenylalanine interact with protein. Responsible for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, Parkinson's says, says Dr. Mancini. The next step would be to investigate how beneficial these compounds are and whether they have the ability to enter the bloodstream or cross the blood brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, fact that, the, that it's a natural compound versus synthetic is advantage, says Dr. Weir. Mother Nature is a much better chemist than we are, and Mother Nature is able to make these compounds. If you have a complicated compound, and I sort of grow it in a crop, harvest the crop, grind the crop, and extract it. And then it is just to make it. But 
But if you did, there is much more research needed for it can... Wait, you moved it. <laughs> she admits that there's much more research needed before it can translate in, into potential therapeutic options. What this study does is take the... 80 me. <laughs> evidence. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, what word did you look at? Oh, that word. Epidemiological and try to refine it <laughs> to demonstrate that there are indeed components within the coffee that are beneficial to warding off coffee. But we are suggesting that coffee cure? Hmm, absolutely not. not. So get that, folks. Not, not a cure. <laughs> not a cure. Does help impede the, impede the decline. Yeah, yeah, but you know, and and Janie says she's gonna live forever. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah, I think. So that's what I think we're just going to, we're just gonna have to get our daily dose of um, coffee. Alzheimer's dark roast coffee, mm-hmm. folks. Dark roast, mm-hmm. not light roast. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> Tom Dwyer is listening, and uh, he. I'm growing coffee. Next, Next to my weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> so Saudi's watching and he writes, I am Master Razor Bangladesh. All right. Okay. Hi, Master Razor <laughs> Bangladesh. You know, we're we're all, we're all on a first name basis here, unless it's um someone who's really been in the martial arts. For decades and decades and decades and decades, like Mr. Peterson, 93 years old, been in martial arts for 70 something years. I will call him master. He's been master. in martial arts longer than we've been alive. He's been in martial arts longer than we've been alive, folks. So I will call him master. I will call Mr. Peterson master. So, anyhow, <laughs> uh, Renee says, "Cat here or what? I'm coming over. I want coffee." <laughs> Uh, Janie writes, coffee helps, but I forget a lot because I've been hitting the head too much. What? No <laughs> way. Come on. Yeah. I've been in the head a lot. <laughs> to admit. Go to Cat's Corner. It's Cat's Corner. The question for Cat's Corner today for Cat's through the ticker is what was your most toughest fight in your career? <laughs> well, it's a question that's been asked a lot in interviews, and I have to say that it's kind of uh, threefold. That there wasn't any one particular fight that was the hardest, or the most difficult, or the most challenging. Level. Um, the one that comes to mind, of course, is, is my first world title fight, and that was in Las Vegas at Caesar's Palace. Man, what an amazing event that was! And I got my ribs broken two weeks before the fight. Yeah, not. so this kid, Danny, Danny Steele, hard as steel. <laughs> and it, <laughs> is that yeah. was that his that was ring name? That was his ring name. Was hard as hard as. <laughs> Danny Hardass feels. <laughs> but you know what? In, in time, that kid was short and stocky and hit like a freaking mule. Mm. So, with 
whenever I heard with him, I, I tried not too much because the boy hit hard a lot. But um, we were sparring, and he uh, threw a spinning back kick, and he, he hit me in the front of the ribs. And he kicked me so hard that the compression went in, the ribs went in, and they broke in the back. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's how hard he kicked me. Yeah, I don't know why crazy. the front ribs. I don't know why the front ribs didn't break, but the back ones did, and it was just the most bizarre thing. But anyway, long story short, I had broken ribs going to my first title fight. So that was one of the more difficult uh, fights. Not that I felt any pain. I was I'm one of those fighters. I'm incredibly grateful to know that when I'm in this, um, when I'm in the bout. I have so much adrenaline through me. I don't feel any pain at all. Thank mm-hmm. God. Because I broke some bones during this. Um, not to mention going with broken bones already. So, so anyway, um, that was a difficult one because she was, uh, not that she was southpaw, she was just confident and it came in, uh, you know, she had a clumsy style, very hard clumsy style. So mm-hmm. it might look sloppy and bad. Um, and I had a hard time with her, and and the referee kept trying to take points away from me for who knows what. Oh, no. <laughs> he didn't like me. <laughs> that sucked. America's that catch a too. No, MMA was fun. Trust me, I loved it. I loved doing MMA, but too old for that. Now, screw it. Okay, I can still train it, and that's fine. But um. You know, let them win Pete and have fun in it. It's all good. Um, and I think probably the other fight that really, really, really comes to mind was um, when I fought for the DKA title and I went to France. I had already won two world titles against Roca. She came in at 140 pounds, and I weighed in at 24 as per our contractual agreement. Yes. So. So the contract was that you had to fight some 20 pounds? No. We were supposed to come in at 124. I came in at the at the exact weight as I, I was contractually obliged right. to come in at, and she did not. She so, came in at 140. So what happened? No, here's what How, how, that, how is that allowed? Okay. <laughs> I'm in another country. I'm on the scale first. I weigh exactly one four. I get off the scale. She gets on the scale, and they have to move it up, so it's up to 140. And I don't remember what the bones are. It's, all it or, um, it's, it's in grams, but it's not weight. But the deal is, she came at 140. I came in at 124. And she steps off the scale quickly. And I said, wait a minute. Is that on the scale? And I said that. And the promoter says, oh, it's no problem. No problem. I was like, well, it's a problem. He goes, look, you are the challenger. She's the challenge. Do you want to go home? Basically, that's what he said. Really? Yes. Yes, that's what he said. And not fair. Not fair at all. <laughs> <laughs> at all. This is the champion. Do you want to go home? Yeah. Are you- no, he just said, <laughs> you looked at me. You're the challenger. She's the champion. Do you want to go home? I'm like, no, I have to go home. So what happened? You fought. And you kicked her butt. <laughs> she almost came this close knocking me out. Oh, close. she hit me with right hand. You know, I I hit that hard, and the room was spinning, and it was not fun. But but you got up. 
I got up, I got up and yelled at ref and told him to clean up water that wasn't there. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a one. This is a real fight. There should be no water on the mat. There's no water. <laughs> but you, I mean, how did I you the, how did you win that fight by TKO or no, decision? Unanimous decision. Wow. And I don't know how that happened because you know the first few rounds he was. You know, I've been seeing a lot of Mike Tyson fights. You know, the quick Bob left and massive hook. Mm-hmm. Bob left massive hook. And I just kept coming back with that. And every time I was with it, I hit her clean. And she just looked at me, whatever. <laughs> 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 I ended up breaking her jaw. I didn't know that until later. Wow. But I didn't know I had broken her jaw. And I fractured my shin on her shins. That was probably one of the toughest fights besides my first time fight. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Yeah. So, yeah, totally unrelated. On November eleventh, two thousand eleven, became a minister. So there you happy go. Anniversary. So happy anniversary! <laughs> Yay! And it's sixth anniversary of the Dynamic Joe Talk Radio Show. How about also, that? How cool is that? Um, I moved into the house November eleventh. You did anniversary last year. I'm in, yeah, I moved into this house. Looks like we got a few anniversaries going on here. Last year, November, and, and I did that on purpose because number one was a Saturday and I knew I could get that time off. And two, I figured, you know, after a weird couple of years, you know, after mom passed on and dealing with a lot of uh, stuff with that, um, you know, I I needed to and get out of my cousin's house and stuff like that. Um, I found a perfect place that like fell into my lap after a few months of, of stressing out about this and that and money and finances and stuff to be able to get a house and yes you know so mm-hmm. shout out to Troy and Cindy Yeager out there what was the advice the was given best landlords ever what's that what was the advice that was given to you put it out there which advice yeah that, yeah put it out there and trust <clears throat> just and put it there and trust and it fell into my lap I you know, several offers, but they, they were in places where I uh, not moved to. It was uh, just a, just not the right neighborhood. And um, here I am, neighbor that I, neighborhood that I wanted to be. So, so yeah, several several <laughs> anniversaries. And where's the cake? Janie says we need to party. We need um, to do. We need party. Yes. Sure. Yes. Now Tom Dwyer is wondering about a senior league. A senior league of what? <laughs> like kickboxing? Uh, you know? I don't think so. <laughs> that still means you need to get up your feet. <laughs> That's right, Danny. Ask the universe when it comes to stuff like that. You know, like, ask the universe for more cost. I'll make you some. Okay. I have to leave. <laughs> I just don't like it. Yeah. No, I just... Anyway. Mm. MMA, he said. I need to have seniors league in MMA. Still means to get up on your feet. Now, now Wes Bennett, a uh, radio personality in his own right, is listening, and he wanted to add a little bit to um, the tonight's subject. We're going to be opening the phone lines in in a little bit. Um, Wes Bennett says, "My mom, God's her soul, enrolled me in into martial arts because we moved to East Gary, Indiana, and." Cher- Cherokee kids um, get butt kicked going to and from school daily. Oh, at least I did. 
I did. <laughs> I learned to fight or, or defend myself. <laughs> Good to you, Wes. And you know, the better place with you and stuff like that. Yay. Yay. So why don't we do this, folks? Let's go ahead and take a, a short break. And when we come back, we, we want to hear from you. There's our phone number, 347-677-0699. Um, if you're a parent, got your kid into martial arts, you know, give us a call. Why do you initially enroll them? Was it because you were in it already or that you were interested in seeing the type of discipline it, it could give your kids or what? Well, we're curious. No, I don't have this. Because I have like 100 of them that I teach over Seattle. <laughs> you know, I teach them and I get to give them back to their parents. <laughs> hey, when I did that for years, it was fun to give them back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, let's do this. Go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about kids in martial arts and parents. Why get them in martial arts? So don't go away. Right this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? 
If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Hello, folks. You know what I realized is that even though I mute mics on Blog Talk Radio, I think my actual encoder still picks it up. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to Dynamic Dojo Talk If you're just now tuning in, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about why parents get their kids in martial arts and whether the parents get in martial arts because of the fun they, they see their kids having and stuff like that. Now, now we're getting a lot of great uh, great feedback as to uh, the question, why did you get your kids enrolled in a martial arts? So we'll start with uh, we'll start Kat. She's got uh, okay. something on the ticker here. Kathleen Irwin said she enrolled her son in martial arts PE credits in high school and in order to keep him in band in Spanish college prep. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So he found his niche, though, she, as she says, and it changed his life. I followed him in a few years later. Yay, Mom. Yay, Mom. <laughs> I know. His older brother is now, along with two granddaughters, all K-I-A-I, K-I martial arts, yeah. has changed all our lives for the better. Nice. Nice, you know, nice. they say the family that trains together stays together. That's right. Yeah. Or breaks sports together. <laughs> or, you know. Or does like it together. <laughs> like that. Renee's making pizza, apparently. You heart. make pizza together. <laughs> Renee's making pizza. So. I see. Yeah. So, now, when you got into martial arts, was it, was it that your parents put you there, or you just, uh, just saw and got an interest in it? No, I was invited by one of, I was a freshman in high school, so I was 14, and I got invited by one of my, um, one of my classmates, somebody I had become friends with, and she invited me to her keto class, which is really kind of cool, so I'm really glad I did, super glad. Nice. Changed, really changed my world, too. Right on. My, my mom got my sister into martial arts because um, it was. It was the first week of summer vacation, when we were already getting on monitors. <laughs> first week. First week. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, we'd be going around on red bikes or, you know, we'd be fighting at the house or whatever, right? So my mom came home one day and goes, you guys want to try karate? You know, and of course I did because, you know, that was around the, around the time Kung Fu, the TV series. No, the Kung Fu, the TV series, wasn't off the air for very long, you know. Uh, I mean, I remember watching live, um, the live, not live, but the original videos, as, uh, original so, episodes as yeah. they came out. Me too. Right? Yeah. But the, you know, since then, you know, I wanted to learn that. And we saw the Bruce Lee movies and, and oh, yeah. you know, thought it was really cool. I, I want some of that. Now, you know, being you know, like seven, eight years old, you didn't know that there was a difference between karate and kung fu. You know, everyone wanted Bruce Lee back then, 
You know, Brucey, Brucey was only maybe four or five years, you know, passed away. He passed away in 73, and around 1977, 1978, before we got enrolled in that. Now, prior to that, my parents tried to get get us into, you know, classes at the Filipino Community Center, but I was like, not having it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I was a kid, my father loved, loved watching boxing. So I grew up watching, literally watching Muhammad Ali in in many of his fights and watching um, uh, Sugar Wagner and Hagler and all those guys Mm -hmm. coming up in ranks on USA Network Tuesday Night Fights. Mm -hmm. So I never wanted to be a boxer. Uh, Funny. Funny that, right? But I just, I just loved watching, and Dad would talk about the strategy and theories and air fighter and, and why and stuff like that. It was really kind of cool. And I didn't know that my father was a long martial artist until after he died. I had no idea. No, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys a story about my dad. My dad, um, in fact, I was telling some people at the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame this um, over the weekend. My great granddad is Santiago Toledo, was Santiago Toledo. He was the founder of the Toledo system of Escrima, also the Toledo Colado system, um, a high guard. Uh, uh, um, and we found, I met with a guy just out of the blue. I met, we met this yeah. guy. Well, I was talking to him, and when I told him about you and what you do, he was really, so I, then I had to introduce you. Right. So just out of the blue, this guy found out that he his lineage goes to a, a man that was Santiago Toledo's first instructor. Now, the reason why this is so interesting to me is that you know after um, after I heard all these stories all my life about Santiago Toledo, not you know not only the 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 fantastic stories of his, you know, un, you know, undefeated whatever, right? But also, you know, the the fantastic stories about his unthinking or his superpowers and stuff like that, uh, and his ability to ward off injury and, you know, his just his, you know, connection with the universe to be able to like just hoard the top of a coconut tree. You know, stuff like that, right? Cool stuff. Yeah, cool stuff, right? Um, you know, all my life, I I didn't think that my dad knew martial arts until a time when I brought over my business partner, Cheryl. She came over, and uh, for some reason, she was outside helping my dad pick vegetables or something. And next thing you look out the window... And Dad has an asparagus spade. Cheryl's got this branch of some sort, and they're working out like these movements or whatever. Dad showed her stuff. I was like, "What's going on?" So I run out there, and they're working on these strikes or something. And I'm like, "Dad, <laughs> what, <laughs> what the heck? Why? Why didn't?" I was so upset, so I ran back inside, and I was just so upset, you know. And I'm like, why is, why is dad, like, you know, teaching Cheryl and never taught me? I mean, you know, I'm his own daughter. And I'm just laughing and goes, well, you never asked. <laughs> there you go. I guess, even though he didn't teach I guess he didn't figure that, you know, he had forced it on you. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, you know, through my half-sister, you know, we have 
through talk with my half sister, we have um, you know suspicions that in my younger days that he might have killed people. You know that you he know. was a knife guy. Well, right, he's from the Philippines. Right, that he was a <laughs> knife guy. But you know, when these were born, it just, that lie went behind him. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So I never learned any of that, and um, and I don't really think Dad was brothers and stuff. But you know, everybody. You know, from the that were Santiago Toledo students, they're dead now. So technically, the style is dead, and they're wanting to find a way to create it uh, with historical you know, assistance. Of of course, I'm not just gonna make up crap and call it you know right. the Toledo system and stuff like that. But you know, I just think it would be really cool. So it was really neat to meet this guy, whose lineage goes back to. Santiago Toledo's first teacher. So it was an interesting it was an interesting thing. So Yeah, well I don't even know what martial my father did. You know, I found out that it was it might have been home Jiu Jitsu, I'm not sure. But mm. um you know, he'd been in several countries so for extended periods of time. Mm. Okay. It's hard to say. Yeah. Now any rights, I got my daughter in martial arts because she needed some Something to help her with her low self. She also got bored really quick and needed something that would change her. We tried softball, archery, and a few other things, but she found her place in martial arts. She got into it because of me. However, do not force my kids to do anything. If she wanted to do something else, that would have been great too, as long as she was happy. But I do encourage some kind of self-defense. Um, Here's another one, Tina Fuller. Hi, Tina. Hi, How's Tina. Hi, Tina. I signed up my son to help with dyslexia and self-esteem. I joined shortly after to train with him. As a single mother, it was great. Okay. Go ahead. As a single mother, it was a great way to do something with my son, and I could keep up with him sports-wise. This is kind of cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's pretty so cool. Dyslexia and self-esteem. I know that uh, there's several people that have dyslexia, they have hard time at school, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it wouldn't didn't even want to admit, right? You know, they just didn't want to talk about it. But you know, they also they had a hard time writing and reading, so it made them look like they were probably not very intelligent, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because you know, dyslexia can be helped. Really yeah, can. yeah, it can. Important is I'm amazed you didn't know your father was a martial artist, Kathy. You know what? <laughs> it was kind of a dictatorship in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't tell my parents I was doing martial arts either because I had to sneak on to base every day and I wasn't about to tell. My dad was, you know, in the Navy. So I'm not, I'm not going to my dad I'm sneaking on to martial arts base <laughs> to take Aikido classes. Uh, no. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it was one of those things where, like I said, it was a dictatorship at home. Kids, my house were to be seen, but not. There was no real family interactions. Um, my parents sat in the living room at dinner time. Us kids sat in the kitchen at the table. Um, we were spread by a big bookshelf. So it's just it's one of those things where the only time I really had much interaction with my dad was a few times we spoke and when I punishment. <laughs> Which kind of sucks. <laughs> but it wasn't until many years later after my passed away that um, 
he did martial arts while he was away overseas. I don't remember where he was overseas, but it's one of the times he was in the Navy and, and stationed somewhere. Um, I'm not, not quite sure what he did. There you are. That's why. That's why I never knew. <laughs> I never knew. How <laughs> much talking going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it just, um, I, I just thought it was funny that my, my dad was like all showing Cheryl a whole bunch of stuff with an asparagus fade. And I no, it wasn't it. funny. You were mad. I was. Well, I can back at it, you know, <laughs> but I was mad. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Why? I'm your daughter. I don't. But like, according to my mom, I didn't ask. Yeah, but how did Cheryl know to ask? Because I told her about all the stories about Santiago Toledo and stuff. Like so that. she so just decided to ask your dad? I guess. Okay. There you go. I guess. <laughs> So I'm going to doubt. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't get it. Right. 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 All right. So if you guys wanna if you guys if you guys wanna join the conversation, here you can text her on the because I asked whether or not she was working tomorrow. What <laughs> what? <laughs> We're getting just the weirdest text messages. <laughs> anyway, so we go if you guys want to join the conversation. Yeah. We'll make her into a blade. How's that? Make her into a sword. So we got this. We got the odd text. So... No, when I die, what happens with ashes? What the heck? <laughs> I just said gonna grow flowers with them. And, you know, I don't know why we're getting into getting these kinds of texts, but you know, it's it's a radio show. But no, I'm not taking I'm not taking a, a, a music request or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, no oh, man. So we'll make you a sword. That's right. What the heck? That's right. So now, while we're getting these stories about why parents have gotten their kids into martial arts, let's um, let's talk about uh, parents. Did you? Are there any parents out there that got into martial arts because of their kids? So we've got uh, Tina Fuller. Fuller got right. into it because um, because of well, kids, I, right? I or, can tell you that when I opened my first school. <clears throat> Um, ran for 10 years and in 10 years there's probably I would say at least a dozen adults who came in and said because their kids were having such a good time and they wanted to learn it too wow. I mean, at least a dozen over the 10 year span and uh, you know one <laughs> one father in particular that didn't sign up um, he would watch his kid doing kusansu oh. um he was just religious every day. He was there and made sure the kid did his homework. Made sure, and we're talking homework for Kung Fu, not homework for school. So the bowls, he had the, the boy had homework. And uh-huh. uh, then one day he comes in. Sifu, Sifu, Sifu. I'm so excited. I got to tell you. I said, what? What's going on? <laughs> he goes, we were in the park. And me and my kids and my family were all in the park. And <clears throat> some guy didn't like the fact that I had took his parking spot. I think that's what he said. I don't remember. It's been so long. And I said, well, what happened? He goes, well, I was laying on the grass 
blanket and the kids were playing ball and and my wife was barbecuing and I was just laying on the blanket and the guy comes up and he's standing over me pointing at me like this and screaming at me and I said wow what did you do he goes I did that technique I saw my kid do <laughs> you know the one where you grab his ankle and you get firm and you smash it over his knee knock down your wall and pull him in the groin I did that one <laughs> Martial arts. All he did was watch son years. He watched son martial arts. Come push on too. It was a blast. <laughs> what did you and say? I said, and it worked. And he goes, <laughs> and he says, yeah, Tifu, it worked perfectly. It was so cool. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So we got a lot of likes on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So Carla, Carla Courtney Caldwell writes in, and she she writes, LOL, I started martial arts on a force base at the youth center. Oh, really? Yeah, because I did that? so many activities from gymnastics to ballet, swimming. But training in the martial arts was the only thing that really, even back in the 70s, when very few girls participated competitively exactly you know when I was in there when my sister and I were there in the, uh, during the 70s it was we were the only girls me too in that class for a while for a little while and then like after about the quarters or so um my sister got some of her friends to join right uh, but then when they you know fade out then we're left <laughs> I, I think for for years and years and years, I didn't have any females to train with. And I was fine with it. I got used to bigger, stronger men mm-hmm. and how to manipulate them and how to affect their space. And, yeah, I think it was better, yeah. honestly. Tia Fuller writes in and, and, and writes that uh, they have several parents in uh, putting in the same class as their kids. Well, see, that's good. Yeah, because, you know, here's, here's what's going on, though, you know. Uh, in the past, there had been some reservation about um, parents working out their kids because, you know, parents tend to think, oh, look, I'm, I'm with yours or whatever. But check it out. You know, half the time, these teenagers were taller <laughs> yeah, no kidding. than these parents, <clears throat> right? And bigger, a little more huskier, can move faster than the parents and stuff like that. But I, I remember in the past, we would try to bring uh, bring people in to train with their kids. Um one of two things would happen. Either one, the parents would be like, oh, I don't want to be with the little kids, you know. And not much because they think that they show up the kids or something like that, you know, but kind of along the same lines, right? I don't want to be in a class full of kids. Well, uh, ah, yes. Right, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to have to do push-ups because, you know, a kid, you know, can do more push-ups than me. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't want to do push-ups if a kid was, was messing around not behaving. Well, guess what? You'd be doing that in an adult class anyway. Right. Well, it, it depends on the instructor and discipline their students. Right. So it's hard to say, but, yeah, I, I can get that. Yeah. But, and then, or, 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 or the other side of the coin, where the teenagers, especially, you know, if it's the juniors or teens, a teens class, where the, where, where the child, the teenager, not want their parent to be in the same class because that activity 
is something for them. That's their thing. They that's, that's something that the parents don't have to hover over their shoulder about. Something right. that the parents cannot control. It's something for them. And I get that too. I get that too. So you know, depending on what the on what the kids choose, I'll. Um, or what the parents choose, I support both. If a kid says this is my time or whatever, you know, parents the, do the adult class. Go do right. the adult class, right. or you right. know, there's a there's a coffee shop across the street. That's right. You know, there's a food place just three blocks down the street. There's a sub shop over there two blocks down the street. You know, we'll see you in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, um, on the same token, you know, I have had. Kids and teens welcome their family members with open arms. They think this is just so much fun. It all boils down to type family that comes in. Right. Right, right. Dang, that's awesome. Susan Rose back watching. Now, I have a question for you guys out there. Okay. Do, let's just say you are a parent. Let's say you are uh, both, both of you, both spouses. Um, own a school, you know, whether karate, taekwondo, or whatever, um, and you run a school, a successful school, and you have children. Um, I'm, I'm just curious. We're just curious. You know, is it necessary for your child to follow in your footsteps? Oh, you know, would it be? Would you think it would be nice if your children? Like took over the family business, you know, as you as you get older. Um, so anyway, we're just. Uh, I don't know. My thoughts on it at the time. Okay. I mean, I um, missed twins when I was nineteen, and you know, I thought about. Yes, my thought at the time was they would have. They they had to. Mm-hmm. Now I wouldn't they had to. I wouldn't force it on him. But I would just make it part of their routine, part of what they do every day. It's like any other activity that they would do, whether they played softball or uh, soccer or whatever the case may be, they can do that. They also need to train in martial arts. And I wouldn't make it a, you have to do this. No, it would just be something I saw in a, a child who, time five years old, he'd been in martial arts all his life. He'd been either exposed to it, watched it, and participated in it all his life. Five years. Wow. He was only five years old. So he didn't really understand that, you know, there wasn't anything else. There was something else he could do. Mm-hmm. He just, it just became part of it on a daily basis. So they brought him to the school. In the beginning, they just put him in the corner and let him watch. I mean, he was too young to really understand, but as he got older, he got to do more. Mm-hmm. And to him, it was play. And he got to play with, you know, some of the bigger kids who were maybe four or five years old. Uh, even though he was a toddler at one, two, or three. But by the time he was five, he was pretty darn good at what he was doing. And by the time he's 10, you know, he's looking at, you know, wanting to advance and get with the bigger kids. And I just thought at that time, I thought that I would just absorb him into my, my lifestyle, period. And right. it would be part of life or her life, period. And, you know, especially with girls, they need to know how to say no back and, yeah, and not have to have that concern and not right. have to have worry. So that's my belief at that time. He says it's really, really hard to sit and watch. It doesn't matter who you are and learn faster. 
I'll have to kind of disagree with that. <laughs> I have to kind of disagree with that. Not always. Not always. You know, I'm 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 one of those uh, weird, uh, weird teachers that think that uh, sometimes adults think that they, they can learn faster, but that is what holds them back. <laughs> kids, kids, like, they're like sponges. Yeah, they they learn so quickly. <clears throat> They are like sponges. I had I had a five year old that could learn one whole kata. I could not a whole kata in one day and do it exactly how I would demonstrate. How many moves in that kata? I'm well, it curious. depends. The first one was twelve. Okay. Twelve moves. Five years old. Five years old. Nice. Five years old. That's awesome. Right. Shoot, I've got like some adults that like three lessons to learn to learn that kata, right? But then you've got other other routines that are upwards of like, like maybe fifty separate moves, right? Right, um, and it's like wow, you know, and you know, that's a completely different show right there. <laughs> Steve Herlinger says hello from the Pummel Horse Gym. <laughs> that's that's a kind of an inside joke about the whole like Jim Kata type of thing. You guys remember that? Remember that? Uh, Movie Jim Cotta yeah. with Kurt Thomas. Steve Hurling, Hurlinger says, Hello, classies. Um, um, uh, goes, Not necessary, but I want my kids to be able to protect themselves, and none of them got the belt rank, but they can protect themselves. Well, that's good. It is good. Um, Tom Dwyer said, Five years. Did I miss some? Five years, what, Tom? I don't know. Okay. I mean, you know, some of that I was thinking when I, when I was, if I was going to have children, they were going to be in martial arts. I'd buy them near 18, I'd give them the the choice. Yeah. To discontinue it or continue. Yeah. To them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I went through a few years of you know the whole like you know biological ticking type though, and I wanted to wanted a child. I know whether or not I wanted to have it the natural way or adopt, but I knew the martial arts would be some somewhere in their yeah. life if I were to have done that. Yeah. Right. Um. Mainly because and it's not so much that I would have wanted you know, them to continue a family legacy or anything like that. But, you know, just just so they have a little confidence can protect themselves. Um, that's, uh, um, Susan Rhodes writes in and says, my son and I enjoyed training together. We're in different classes. I took Tai Chi and he took Kung Fu. We learned that there were great similarities and we practiced drill at home. I used to get on my knees practice pushes with a five <laughs> we have another one, Carla Fortney Caldwell. She goes. She writes the most heartbreaking thing for me: running a school and having a huge community support. And my son's game, <clears throat> my son's game, and having many of my students share the passion to compete. Um, get I get my own children never really wanted to compete. Of course, I had let them pursue their own passion. But I have to say, it sure was disappointing. Yeah, I can understand that, but you know, I wouldn't have given my, my kids that choice. Whoops, going to do this. <laughs> but, but I would have started literally as a baby. I would have right. propped him up in the corner, like I, uh, that one family did, and and he would have grown up doing flirts every day, all mm-hmm. day, as long as he wanted it. Gee. Yep. I guess it kind of depends on how 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 the parents approach it. Also, because like in China. You know, martial arts isn't 
You know, it is a part of everybody's day when sure. you're in primary school. The trick is, is, is you know, do they continue it at school because it's part of their physical education, right? Well, in my case, they would have had to continue it after school. Yeah. But, you know, that, yeah. that just would have been part of what they did, part of their life, mm-hmm. literally. And it is. Yeah. And, and you know, that's where the wushu coaches go. They would go to primary schools and people out on the – um, on the playground or watch them during their morning exercise, which had a lot of martial arts in it. And they weren't necessarily looking for a natural, flexible person. They were looking for the person that had a leadership personality. They were looking for the boys, the girls that would be able to help other little boys and girls. They were looking for those kids. They were looking for the hard workers. Right. Uh, not necessarily the most talented, but they were looking for the hard workers. It's like even in the NFL. Yep. Yep. The recruiters, they for the hard workers, not the talented ones. My my wushu teacher was one of those hard workers. Yeah. She had to work to get talented. She wanted to be a piano player, and they uh, they instead the parents said, "Nope, you're gonna do this." But you know yeah, what? Know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, at that time in the in the seventies, you know, if you were part of a um a successful wushu team for your for your province. You brought honor to your province, and you brought basically money. You brought money to your province, and um, you know she was a uh, China national spear champion and a China national uh, uh, tongue tie long fist champion. And uh, she and then she decided then she realized she really loved wushu, nice. as opposed to something that was made for her, you know. And she passes those same lessons on because it was her own. Dad that that taught her the, the concept of eat better. You must learn to eat better to appreciate what sweetness tastes like. So makes sense. Makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? it? Does right. Janie writes. Kat and I have thing in common. Janie is Kylie's twin. Ah, yeah. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Eric Dutra uh, Eric writes. My son stood in the junior class. I was in the adult class, and he looked forward to turning teen to join the adult class. And we were in uh, in the same class for three years until he went to college. We loved it. That is so cool. That is so cool. Awesome. Uh, Sifu Shannon Span is watching from Oregon. Varghese is watching. Zoe's back. Watching. Gerald Decor is watching. Hi, Gerald. Hi, Gerald. <laughs> Hi. Love Gerald. you, hon. Gerald, look, we're sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> is watching. Cynthia Rothrock. Hi, Cynthia. Yo, girl. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for watching. So, so we're asking, for those of you that have just tuned in, we're asking, you know, why did you enroll, why did you enroll your child into martial arts? And if they're in martial arts and you're interested in getting them into martial arts, what are some of the reasons why you would be interested in getting your kid into martial arts? And um, the other part of the question is, if you are a martial arts parent that is a teacher already, um, do you want kids to follow in your footsteps, take over the family dojo or what have you? <laughs> well, so you don't have to take over the family dojo, but at least it would be saying that, I don't know, some some kids want to, something, but that's key. Would you make them? Yeah. So we're taking calls, everybody. We're taking calls. Let me go ahead and. 
see what's going on here because I am, I've like three windows open and uh, right now I don't know if there's anybody calling. Um, no, nobody's calling, but here's our phone number right up here, three four seven six nine. If you want to join the conversation just to just say hello to me or whatever, talk a little bit about uh, um, children martial arts. Did you enroll your child in martial arts? Kids following their martial arts parents, but if you want to talk to us because it's a lot easier than typing, feel free. <laughs> there you go. Feel free. Um, so Sarah Huff writes in, and writes, my daughter Ar- Arlietta takes Taekwondo and Judo, and now Hapkido, and I would love to join her, but certainly I can't because of my health. Mm-hmm. And um, I enjoy watching her with Master Tina. Enjoy seeing how fast Arlietta learns. Loves to help out as a assistant. And I know she will be able to take care of herself now and when she gets older. I miss you, lovely ladies, and you need to come back to visit. Yes. Yes. We do need to come back. We need to come visit. back to visit. So let's talk to Master Tina about that. <laughs> we love to come and visit. Um, anyway, uh, Janie's back. Says, says Janie Larkin Miser is watching, but we knew she was watching anyway. Maybe she stepped out for something and came back. Maybe. Susan writes, uh, Susan writes, I've raised two kids, and the most important thing I've learned is that children come the way they come. Making them do things never works well. Teaching them how cool things are works, works much better. Yeah. Yep. Well, they just wouldn't know that I was making them. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be part of what they do. <laughs> part of the Jenny writes, I would call in, but I'm sitting in the same room with my mom. If I interrupt her walking dead, I'm dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go to the other room. <laughs> mom, I got to step out for a minute. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I have somebody calling in now. If, you're, if you want to call in and you want to join the conversation, please, uh, please hit one, your telephone keypad to, to put yourself in caller queue and it will let us know that you want to actually talk to us. I think it's one. Yeah, hit one on the telephone keypad it is, and it yeah. will uh, put you in the caller queue. Otherwise, it puts you down at the bottom of our uh, of our call board and it just lets us know that you're just listening because that's some people do sometimes that when they're coming home from work, they, they don't want to like watch it because it's distracting. They just listen to it. Okay. Hey, so someone pressed one. So let's go ahead and bring that mic up. We have area code 570. Area code 570, you're on Dynamic Doge Talk TV. Who's this? There's no way it's that I'm live right now. Yeah, yes, you are. You're live. <laughs> this is Big Daddy. I just wanted to call and tell you guys that this is the most insanely interesting show on martial arts ever to air on the planet Earth. Wow. Insane, insanely even. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Did, did, <laughs> why, is it, I, why is it insane? Did I not come through? came through. You came through. We're came breaking through. up, though. I don't know if you heard what I said. This show is insanely interesting, going all over the place, lineage, the, the chance meeting, the chance of the blue meeting that Kathy was talking about. Mm-hmm. This show yeah. is like, I'm going to have to watch this show like 20 times just to absorb 
like one eighth of this stuff you guys are talking about tonight. But Aww. I'm so glad that as a non martial artist, I get to watch and learn. And I want to take a second to, on live air to thank God that Kathy wasn't my mother. I would have liked to have had my parents take me to karate class, but I don't think I would want a mother that demanded that I do it because I'd be like, yo, bitch, I got to do something else over here, I dig. And I love you, Mom. I love you. But, like, that seems radical that you would make your kid since one. Like, let me eat glue and play with the cake. Wait a minute. Of course, I am a comedian on Good Nights I'm Funny. This show is electric tonight. I'm joking. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that when you get to talking, you two, it's so real. Like I feel like I'm in the center of the battle. You're breaking up. I can't hear a word you're saying. I don't know. I guess. See, I guess it's like with everybody. I don't understand. I don't understand why we're breaking up. Do you? Does everyone else hear hear Big Dad? Else hear Tom? We hear you just fine. Yeah, we but that's you. not fair that I can't hear what Kathy's saying because she is laughing, and I don't know what she's laughing about because she's breaking up. So you guys can okay, hear me. Listen okay. to me. Did you hear the story tonight when she said that she was in another country and the girl was being weighed, jumped on the scale, jumped off the scale? Kathy's like, wait a second, bitch. Nope. <laughs> they definitely can't hear me, folks. I know that they can't hear me. No, they can hear you. They, they said we hear Tom. That loudly. story is insanity. And then she comes within an inch of going down with the southpaw, and she's already got broken ribs. I just cried from falling on a rock and hitting my ribs. I cried myself to sleep like a bitch last night. Oh no! And I kept waking up. Oh, and this no. one's going in for the championship with a girl 20 pounds positive, you know. <laughs> anyway, I didn't call to take over your show. I called to bless your show. You guys are rocking. It is so neat yeah. to see the people in your chat and um, and for me to learn about all these different things that I really wish I would have uh, Oh, yeah, my parents weren't into – we lived in the middle of nowhere in a coal town. There was nobody playing karate in this old northeast PA town. Aww. I would have liked to have kicked some shit, you know? That would have been fun. Anyway. It yep, it could have. Uh, but you girls know I, I have, I'm just been a crazy summer. But this show, Dynamic Dojo, Talk Radio, I called it like a long time ago. This show is the most real, like, down-to-earth, real talk, uh, and it's fascinating. I don't even know why I think it's so fascinating. I'm drawn to it. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Right on. Thanks, man. And thanks for being cool uh, with me yep. in my downtime. You know, yep. you didn't kick the no guy when you were down. Um Maura, I hope I hope uh, everybody in the chat will share this show. I've been trying. I share the show all the time. People are so stingy with the share button. <laughs> yeah, Even their friends. It's... Yeah. Share, all right, share, guys. Share, share, I'm going to go back share. in the chat. 
and I hope I can keep up with you guys. I, I probably can't. I'm still I have questions from like 45 minutes ago what you were talking about. But well, next time, dude, like you guys, him and everyone else will hopefully answer too. By the way, Eric Dutin writes, Tom, it's never too late to start. He started at 40. Just saying, you can do it too, brother. No, no, you guys don't understand. My back <laughs> is crushed. Well, I get one kick. Yeah, maybe two in. I'll be like, oh, this is awesome. I'm the champion. Put me in. I want a trophy. And then something stupid. I, I misstep off the mat, and I'm laying flat for 15 days. Oh, uh-huh. sorry to hear that. And, I mean, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, oh, it pisses me off when people say, oh, you look fine. I go, oh, yay, I look fine. But I'm not looking for that sympathy shit. I'm looking. I'm just telling you that I enjoy listening to it. And had I posed to it as a kid, you know, I got a flat. Uh, yeah, flat. I got a fat lip once in a while walking to school. It would have been nice to know some Bruce Lee shit. <laughs> you know. Yes. But but nice. anyway, what I anyway the last thing I want to just say is you two on the air. It's it's just so neat. You guys are glowing. And um, it's like natural conversation, like perfect. And the 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 conversations that come out, like I wish I was worthy to understand. Like I'm I'm trying. I'm not kidding you. I'm gonna try to to learn some. I'm never gonna learn it all. Never gonna happen. You guys are too oh. advanced. <laughs> We're still, but, still learning. You're still learning too. Yeah. But if I could stand in the middle of a room with a big stick. And then maybe not band and stuff. <laughs> I'm talking full wizard shit. I need to go full wizard. Is this our class for that? For full wizard. Yep. Guys, you have the greatest. It, this show is just, we got to get distribution for your show. It just has to happen. Okay, we'll work on We're that. We're working on it. <laughs> and I still think you should also work on my idea of senior MMA fighting. Why not? Kathy, you could take a few more hits. You know, Cheers. take it take it from like, you know, don't do it like with other professionals either. Just do it with like average shows like me. You know? MMA, you throw like a regular <laughs> It's like Roman gladiator days. Who's got the guts to take Cat on and raise money for charity or some shit? It'll be MMA magic. <laughs> or maybe you get like maybe five guys like me because there's like five of us. So like we maybe we still have like a 1% chance of getting lucky. Yeah. Huh? Your ass kicked. <laughs> I think you'd have a hard time catching me. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. I wish I, I tried. To, and lastly, I tried, the question was for the parents. I, I really mentioned um, martial arts to my daughter, and I really basically got the eye roll. And I don't know <laughs> what that's all about. But, uh, you know, I don't like to make – I want people to be who they are all the way through their experience. It's, it's the complete opposite almost of what uh, – you know, because I wasn't being taken to like I was being told to cut fields of grass and do chores and shit. <laughs> oh man! And then, Me too, man. Yeah, you know. Me too. 
And meanwhile, wow. like she's sneaking on the base to, to work out and do things your dad doesn't know. I'd still say maybe your dad knew. That'd be cool. I had no he idea. Knew. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, no. I had no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let me get back into the chat because I'm, I'm, I wanted to get back on to, like, God, you, this show tonight. Folks, share nice. this show. This is Big Daddy, and I'm out back in the chat with all the cool cats on Dynamic Dojo uh-huh. Talk Radio. Hey, Tom, take care. Peace. Take care. Yay. Keep smiling. Right. This show is like radiating energy. Go. Good. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Bye. Hell, Bye, Tom. It sounded like I was 72. That is Tom. All right. So we've got, uh, let's see here. We've got uh, area code 316. 717, you're on Dynamic Talk TV. Who's this? Hey, ladies, good evening. Steve Herlinger. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you ladies doing tonight? Hey, by the way, I just want to tell you guys, I write it all a lot, and uh, you guys are very classy. Uh, I, I am not in the martial arts. I, uh, I respect it. Um, I grew, grew up, uh, I did boxing and wrestling at the, boy, at the boys' nice. club, and uh, my parents, we come from a big family, so we didn't really get a a chance to really, you know, tell mom and dad to put us in this or that. They pretty much put us where we could afford. So um, I fortunately got my share of, you know, oh, yeah, boxing and wrestling. But um, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm friends with a a young lady by the name of Carla uh, Caldwell. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And and she's uh, teaching me about the martial arts side. And the thing I really appreciate about what you guys bring to the the airwaves is you bring a a real uh, perception of respect. Uh, that's what we lack a lot in our, in our society nowadays is respect. And people need to understand that you don't need to throw down or, or go and pick a fight. The one that's typically going to win is the one that can walk away and say, look, let's, let's, we have a disagreement here, but let's, let's figure this out and do it peacefully. And that's what I appreciate. And that's what I've been learning from you guys, that there's a way to do things in, in, in a better aspect, to walk away um, be the bigger person, and that's what I get out of your conversations, and I appreciate that so much. Awesome. There's Thank always you. an opportunity you, behind. Always. always. Yeah. It, you know, it, it pains me to, to think that many people choose not to make a choice to be kind, whether it's because of ego, um, whatever else, that need to be right, that, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know? <laughs> It's, um, there seems to be a lot of hate out there nowadays and, you know, parties versus parties and people versus people. And yeah. you know what? In, in the end, I think we're all trying to to accomplish one thing, that that's to be loved and be better, hopefully be a better, be, be, a, be a better person. But I just mm-hmm. see so many people nowadays that really need to learn respect. And that's the wonderful thing about martial arts. It teaches you to be respectful to the people around you and to um, it teaches you a quiet – I call it a quiet courtesy where you just – when you walk into a room, you know who you are. You know what you're about. You don't need to do anything. You just need to be there and be a part of it, but you can do it in such a productive way. And that's what I've learned from my friend Carla is that she's very um, – she walks into a room and she lights it up and in a, in a, in a perspective that's just you know puts a smile on everybody's face and that's that's what you guys bring when i watch you guys i hear i hear the productiveness of what you're trying to do and you're trying to bring a perspective of 
of uh, of a peace. You're not. I mean, even though you're talking about martial arts and, and fighting, you're trying to also uh, put an underlying message in there. And it's hey, let's just get along. I mean, we can understand each other, but let's do it in a way that we both can take the time to break it down and understand each other, and not not sit here and try to be combative. And I, I appreciate that. That's one. That's that's basically all I wanted to say. Thank you uh, so much, so, Steve. Yeah. If more people in the world could operate that way, we'd be in a much better world. Much better world. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, and definitely. You know, we... Oh, go ahead, Steve. Oh, no, 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 you first, you first. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say that Carla has heard all this um, about the kudos they give her, and she's blushing. <laughs> 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 and Tom Dwyer she, 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 She's uh, an awesome lady. She speaks... She speaks world. Uh, she thinks the world of both of you. And uh, uh, Kathy, I, I want to say personally too that I've heard you speak, Kathy, and I, I think you're a wonderful presenter. And the way that you explain things to people, you do it in a way that even I can understand it. Because I, I, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, but you can you explain it to where somebody can get it. And that's that's the key. There's a difference between um, between being a uh, being a coach and being a teacher. And you, you are a teacher. A teacher takes the time to make sure that everyone understands what they are saying. And I appreciate that. So, I appreciate and both, you. Both, both, both of you do that. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. You know, something I've tried over the years, I've learned how to simplify um, whatever it is that I'm teaching. I think, like you're saying, um, everybody learns differently. And the true, true test of an educator is to acknowledge and that they understand mm-hmm. it. it. Doesn't matter how you learn it. It's important that they get it, and if they can't get it, then we've got to find a way, right, to help them understand it. Exactly, and you know what they say. I've always you know, come from a school of thought, and I'm sure many of you martial arts uh, teachers out there come from this school of thought that you know, in order for to really master what you know. Is to teach it. Yes. <laughs> and like you know, that says if you can, if you can get down to its simplest components, then then you know it. Um, I've I've met too many people that that teach the way that they were taught, or they teach saying you know, do this, do that. You know, it's like this. Not only that, but those who say we'll do it this way, and they'll say, well, why? And he goes, well, that's the way I learned it. Yeah. Don't question me. <laughs> so yeah. We- it reminded me of my mother every time I asked her a question about something that, you know, she didn't want to give me an answer to. It was because I said <laughs> because so. Because I said so. <laughs> I was like, Damn it. <laughs> I learned that. I never learned that. You know what, well, Steve? You, you know, you're getting all these comments about how cool people think your voice is. Like, people, are, people in the comments are saying, he's got a natural radio voice. And Michael Dubay said, Steve almost sounds like Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, no, no, I, 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 I sure appreciate that. But, no, I, I think the world of, of you, too, and the ladies, I'll be praying for you. You both have a powerful message, and I hope that you both continue to do what you're doing because so many people need to hear it. And I, we have a starving world out here. And, I, again, I just I, – uh, kudos to both of you guys. I, I appreciate you guys, and God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank God you. bless you, too. Thank you very much. Yay. Yeah, with Steve Hurlinger. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Steve Hurlinger, right on. Thanks for us to call there. Right on. Well, this is our number four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine.
mind. If you guys want to join the conversation, um, you know, or even change the subject, I've got something else as far as martial arts. Feel free to call in. Um, you know, well, don't, 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 don't mess around with your mom's walking dead. Not right now. Tom Dreary goes, hashtag, oh my God, it's Norris. <laughs> Still, almost, kind of, almost, the, there's something in the, in the timber, timber of, of your voice, Steve, that almost sounds like Chuck Norris. Almost, not quite, not quite. <clears throat> very, very cool, calming. Very calming. Yeah, nice voice. Nice voice, yeah. very good. Demetria Lima is watching. Thanks for watching. All right, so we are talking about uh, parents that uh, want to get their kids into martial arts and what attracts them into bringing their kids into martial arts. Now, when it, when it comes to just my particular dojo, um, a lot of kids, um, well, parents have to fill out a pre-registration form, and that's where I ask, you know, what are you looking to gain for your child? What What are you looking to to have your child get at this particular class? And of course, you know, nine times out of ten, it's self-discipline. But we, but as martial arts instructors, you know, we also can't ignore the fact that you know it's fun. You know, they're kids. Kids are not going to join martial arts the same reason that that uh, that adults do. Right. You know, exactly. I mean, so, you know, nine times out of ten, learn self-discipline. And there's recreation, uh, have fun, study skills, social skills. You know, especially like the social skill thing, I've been noticing a lot more of that just within the last uh, two years or so. Parents want their kids to learn social skills. And, you know, at first, like, well, why, why is it that they want their kids to skills and they have to take into consideration there's too much video games going on you know the ones where you get to challenge play with other people around the world basically you're 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 talking to people with this and you're playing with this and there's no face-to-face interaction and you know that's one that's one theory i have as far as why many parents are looking for their kids to learn social interaction but also media (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Social face-to-face interaction. Yeah. Learn how to speak to people. I have a, a former student and real friend who uh, lives in the Valley where I do, and she has um, basically encouraged and almost not quite forced, but you know, really pushed him to learn how to speak to people. Like when they go to a restaurant, for example, she'll encourage him to read menu and order himself. And rather than him tell the mom that her order for him, mm-hmm. she encourages him to speak up, to actually count money out when he's buying something at a register, um, and be able to interact with that person. Because, you know, it's, I mean, as an autistic, it's a little difficult um, because you're more bored yeah. in that respect. Um, but, you know, just just to see him speak up for himself and order things and do things for himself and uh, speak for himself as an autistic kid, I think that's great. But, you know, I don't see enough of parents doing that with their fortunate, that they're just sitting there, at, at, all of them are at the table at Denny's, for example. 
and they're on the table doing this. Mm-hmm. And they're probably texting the mom. Yeah, we them a question. Right across the street. Exactly. Right across the table right across from them. It's like, what the heck is going on? Put the phones away. Yeah. I kind of have a soft rule at dinner or, you know, at mealtime. There should be no phone there because, you know, there needs to be interaction with the person you're having a meal with. You know, if, if you're having a meal together with somebody, be about that person. Be with them. Talk mm-hmm. to them. To know them. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Yeah. Or, you know, or in this, you know, get the, <clears throat> get the, you know, have kids actually talking to each other. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. You know, when I first started the Tiny Tiger program, I did classes that were really, really fun. Um, after like a few months that the kids were having fun, but they were having fun on their own. Mm. Right, they were, they were they were all enjoying the activities, and they all weren't like deadly afraid of each other, um, but you know they were not interacting with each other. So I had to develop activities and games that had to have them break up into teams and work with each other and use their words, right? So they could articulate what we could do. You know, a favorite. Uh, a favorite uh, activity for the little ones is uh, it's skit skit night or skit day where you know they have only 15 minutes 15 minutes to put together a little play nice. about martial arts to be in teams of like three or four or whatever and they get to put together they have 15 minutes to put it together and at the end of that 15 minutes we all put on these these uh, awesome. these uh, performances for everybody, like show and tell. And if it's good enough, you know, we invite the parents to come out for, like, you know, Tiny Tiger Parent Night yeah. or something. And we have a, you know, recital of some sort. It's, but it allows them to work together. But, you know, what's funny is what, with little kids, they all go through. Have you ever noticed this with your own kids? They all go through days where they're kind of bossy. <laughs> You ever notice that? I was never bossy when a kid. You never noticed? Neither was I. I Are you kidding? I wasn't bossy, but, you know, there's a lot of kids that, that, you know, that kind of sometimes bossy at first, but before they realize that, you know, everyone's everyone's the turn and not everyone's the leader and not everyone that stands at the front of the line is the best. You know what I mean? That's right. With my kids, um, when I was teaching kids classes in LA, was I would fall down, and <clears throat> something that that I, I caught on to really quickly was the word "like" in every other word in the sentence. So I would Wonky. like weird, That's like, like weird. totally like I, like. <laughs> I hated it. So I do that, but not every other word. It, I'm talking every other word. And, Literally, okay. it was horrible. Okay. So here's what I did. I sat down and for, you know, a brief two minutes, maybe three minutes, each person, I asked them, because it was after school, I'd say, how was your day today? And they weren't how to say a like, one-word answer. Oh, yeah. They, they, had, they had to explain their favorite class in school and what they did in that favorite class. And they had to do 10 pushes for every time they used the word like incorrectly in a sense. That was so much fun. I did lots and lots of push ups. <laughs> like some of them. Like like 
<laughs> and it got them to speak in whole sentences, believe it or not, and interact and and explain why I liked that particular subject in class or whatever the case may have been. It was in the martial arts class, but it's just something that I felt was needed at the time. Mm. Um, but it was a great for these kids to learn to speak their mind. Speak your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, I've found that a lot of kids these days, you know, working in a school, um, a lot of kids, like any, any other generation, they will be one-word answers to authoritative figures or parents. But yeah. then if you get them around their peers that they feel comfortable, then you can't get them to shut up. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Right? You know, but anyway, it's uh, it's interesting how uh, how parents have changed from, I want my kid to learn discipline to, I want my kid to learn social skills. I want my kid to learn how to have fun outside of video games outside a, a phone, you know? I mean, I, I, I kid you not. I, I, I said, okay, everyone in my circle, like, ring around Rosie. And a couple kids said, what's that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you guys have that never done. Totally aging Ro- us. You know, ring around Rosie, London Bridge. Aging us right Well, now. it doesn't matter. But, you know, they, they should still know how to make a circle. They should right? know how to make a circle. They should still know how to make a circle. Um. And they're they're just kids that don't know how to do a lot of things like um, like how to play kickball. kickball. I do not because they've never been outside and being physical and playing and and playing games. They're not outside doing stuff. They're on phone. They're doing this. They're on the video game. You no, know, or you know, perfect example. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in elementary school. I couldn't wait for recess. I don't care if it was raining. I couldn't wait for recess. Of course, they would keep us inside. It was raining. But I couldn't wait for recess. I couldn't wait to get outside. But, you know, nowadays, in many schools, you know, you have kids opting to recess, to stay inside, to do whatever. You know, you know? not, it was an odd thing, but where I, where I went to junior high elementary school, when it rained, we had the option to go outside and run. In the rain, it was amazing. Yeah, you got the option to go out and run. And you know, in short schools, I, I, I'm thinking of the opposite of the spectrum, where I'd have parents walk in and with their kid toe, literally the scruff of their neck, their shirt, and say, "Here, can you do something with this kid?" Because I can't. I'm thinking, wait a minute, what do you want me to do with him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've. I've had kids that, um, <clears throat> same thing. Yeah. The parents would say, you know, these kids need to learn discipline. But it's obvious that that discipline is not present at home. I've had, I've heard of parents, this is no joke, I've had parents actually threaten their kids with wrath of school. And I'm thinking to myself, why, why the should heck? they be afraid of me? They shouldn't be, they shouldn't, you know, be afraid of what my consequence is going to be. They should be afraid of mom and dad. Not afraid, but they should respect mom and dad's authority. Well, when you got right? kids who are suing their parents, 
for not raising them right. <laughs> Suing their parents for not raising them right. Well, at oh. that point, how do the kids know that they're being raised right? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> how do they that's know? A good question. I mean, are there manuals written? Nope. Nope. Well, you know, and there's, you know, kids that will, you know, will automatically go like, CPS, CPS, yes, you can't spank me, CPS. CPS. Child Protective Service. What? Yes. Yes. You know, you can I, you know, I've I've come across, you know, several um upper middle school and, and high school ages when I used to teach in high school. Um, you know, they'd get up all in my face and kinda of go me to try and hit them. Like what? What? You know, you know, and they're like, You can't hit me, you can't hit me, I'm not eighteen. And I'm like, just waiting for you to hit me first. And it's the fence. What now? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Where where do they learn this, you know? Um, but anyway, back to what we were talking about. A lot of parents are, are wanting their kids to learn, you know, social skills. Um, to be able to be with people, uh, to be with others their own age, to be with peers. Um, you know, to have learn how to have fun for recreation. I mean, that boggles my mind. How cool is that? Don't teach that. Well, you know, it, it boggles my mind too. But uh, you know, this should a for me to say. You know, we live in a world of latchkey kids. <laughs> I mean, I was a latchkey kid for a while. You know, but our parents still taught us a lot of stuff. You know, our parents taught us how to cook. We're cooking, you know, full meals by the time we were like, you know, ten. You know, nowadays you get you, wait, wait. You are from a Filipino family. Like, yeah, but okay, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, some other, you know, some other place they they learn how to, you know, cook when they're much much younger. Right. You know, wanted to do stuff on my own, but my, you know, my mom wouldn't let me like use the knife by myself. <laughs> What? And you're from a Filipino and family? I'm from a Filipino family. <laughs> yeah, whatever had their ideas. So yeah, of course. <laughs> I can say that now. <laughs> so, where it goes, martial arts and P. Well, you know, that's, you know, that's what I do. Yeah. I work for a private school in town Seattle, and martial arts is their PE. I'm pretty much the PE teacher. I teach martial arts. I am the PE teacher. Yeah. And, awesome. and it's awesome. And think I think um uh, side academy is one of the only if not the only school in the district that has martial arts as a specific physical education subject so we'll see how it works <clears throat> Rick Kellum as kids seven to eight years old having meltdown. WTF? Okay, two, three year olds throw tantrums. I get that, but how is it that parents allow this kind of behavior to continue with the older kids? I just don't get it. Oh no, I don't know. And I, you know, I I personally think that it's just um just the parents not teaching coping skills, not teaching coping skills because you know I mean maybe. Any coping skills. Maybe and maybe they don't, or maybe you know people come home and have their dinner and they, they do their thing, 
you know, video games and watch the news, read the newspaper, do whatever. And there's no, you know, talk about, you know, coping skills. You know, are there, are, are there talks about, you know, are, about think- how the kids feel bullied at school or whatever? I, it it kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, parents who don't know how to cope their kid, period. Well, right. So, obviously, they have no coping skills themselves. Yeah. So, it doesn't, it really doesn't help in the Well, especially if they bring you into a martial arts school. Can you do something with this kid? Like I said, I've had had kids threaten their kids with, you know, you better watch your corner, I'll tell seafood. And then the kids will shape up. And then I'll talk to them and say, hey, you know, why are you why are you messing around at home like this? Blah, 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 blah. Everything's yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, you look at the kids and you're thinking, you're smart, you're respectful. Why aren't you at home? I basically had to teach parents how to discipline their children. Yeah. When I was teaching kids and, and a parent would walk in with their, you know, their older kid. They'd ask me, please do something with this kid because they there is no discipline at home. You know, they don't they don't want to hit them, but because they're worried that they're gonna get you know child protective services called on them, and they're, they're afraid of that literally, which they're afraid of their own kid. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't get that. And then the kids, of course, they're not stupid; they pick up that. Yeah, and they're then they become. They basically start parenting themselves, which is not a good thing. No, 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 no. And, and parents to be their friend, <clears throat> parents to you know get along and be their buddy. It's like no, I'm sorry, parents should not be the buddy or the best friend. Parents no. need to be a good parent. Now, Renee goes so so a bullying kid and a, a bully kid. Or in a Marshall's PE class, let's see, what, what's going to happen? See what happens. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my personal, from my personal um, experience, and I've been doing this at Morning Society Academy for about 18 years now. Um, the people with bullying tendencies. Now, these aren't bullying kinds of kids, but they have tendencies. If the tendencies are allowed to um, to grow, which I don't let happen, and the rest of the teachers in Morningside don't let that happen. But the kids with the bullying tendencies tend to be the lady ones, the ones that don't want to do it because they you know they think it's kind of corny or stupid or yeah. whatever. Meanwhile, you get bullied kids, ones that are being bullied, that are intent uh, attentive and intensive in their practice and stuff like that. And I've noticed that when those bullied kids really get to know their stuff and throw their kicks cleanly and with a sense of purpose, that the kids that have bullying tendencies tend to be a little quiet to those kids. <laughs> you know, something I found, that uh, the kids who were the, had bullying tendencies, I would take them and I have them my supervision of course but have them help the younger and less experienced kids and have them learn. Right. And they they would come around and understand that, you know uh, I, I don't know what it was, but having them 
hope and teach the younger kids or the less experienced kids turn around. And, and well, it does because it, it does because I would imagine that it gives these kids a sense of well, it's not stroking their ego, but it gives them a sense of purpose. Oh my gosh, teachers allowing me to be a trainer to this to this little kid. Right. So allowing me this responsibility, allowing me to do this. Yeah. She knows that I need this. And, you know, so, yeah, I get it. And I think that's cool. I've done that at times. It, it works with a certain kind of personality right. that I found. Um, because I, I've had that, you know, like in the past I've had you know, kids that were very, how should we say, not so attentive to authority. Right. Um, and if I saw them do even one thing correctly, I'd give them a big to do about it and let everyone, hey, this is really cool, and say, hey, you know, can you help Johnny over here? He's having a little bit of trouble, and I'm a good example for him. Right. And they come around, and I tell you what, if those if that same kid comes to comes to school for three or four years and they're like a little jerk because I don't know who else is coming in the future but <laughs> right. I've always seen that that same kid turns around completely within two or three years and then they graduate from from the school they go off the they go off the high school they go off the college and sometimes they come back and they make TAs that cool? Sometimes yeah. they come back and they work as you know assistants for summer school. Sometimes they come back for good, and they're part of staff. That's nice. You know, I mean, there's 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 one person that uh, came back as staff. Um, but did you start out with she, bullying tendencies? Or she, she no, not with bullying tendencies, but with um, just not you know just teenage girl type thing. You know, like rolling eyes and. Uh, Little an attitude or whatever, right? So somebody says if you give them an inch, if you give kids an inch, they'll they're gonna you know push for a foot. But you know, I guess it turns it can turn the way around too. If you give them an inch of acceptance, then sometimes that'll turn into a foot or more or yard of uh, positive positiveness. Um, let's see. Kathleen Wright, we have a great interactive team at our dojo. We did a demo at a nursing home for Veterans Day today, followed by one-on-one visits with all the residents. All benefited from this, and it was a wonderful byproduct. Social interaction, respect for our elders, teamwork outside of class, and in competition. Nice. Very awesome, Kathleen. That is so cool. Um, Renee writes, hey, Wright, I thought karate for Central Kitsap School District for one year, 50 kids at once. Oh, I've been there. 50 no. kids at once? Oh. I've been there. When I taught for I taught for Madison Point where where when certain kids got skilled enough yeah. that I would ask them oh, to course. assist for the new group coming in the following year. And out of those, you know, 50, 60 kids every year, I got about, there was about 13, 14 of them that came out of Madison Middle School um, and actually joined my studio as a regular student and got their black belts within about four or five years. Nice. And now they're married, you know, doctors, you know, entrepreneurs, stuff like that. Nice. They're, they're no longer at school, but, you know, they 
they learned through that through that atmosphere at um, at Madison, you know, which uh, wasn't a good area of town, but you know, in in any town, you're going to have Madison. Oh, okay. Yeah, I taught at Got a lot of public schools throughout oh. the uh, um, throughout the Seattle area. Um, taught almost every major community center in Seattle spreading karate at the time. You know, nice. Ray did the same style of karate that I did, who's nice. who's out there. Hey, really? Carla <laughs> Courtney also did this style of karate. And um, teaching at pretty much almost every, you know, uh, community center in Seattle. But then I reached out into schools to teach their after-school activities programs and um, went to high schools and middle schools and elementary schools and stuff like that. And I said, you know, there needs to be a school that has martial arts as part of the curriculum. And that's why I've been at more. Morningside for so long. Wonderful curriculum there, uh, alternative curriculum to public curriculum. But you know, it's sad because in California, I know so many kids would benefit from that, but you know, they see it as a too violent. They won't even private schools. They they don't they shy away from that. They don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unfortunate because it, there's so many benefits to doing martial arts. So be it. I'm glad you found one. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. So Renee goes, you have to talk loud. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? In my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> or should I not talk loud? Oh, well, whatever. Okay. Renee goes, there was always about five kids for troublemakers out of 50. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but, you know, is what I found funny is that um, in the after-school program, Technically, the parents didn't have to pay for it. It was all paid for by school levies, right? Oh, well, it. it was paid by the parents. They didn't have to pay ex. You know, they don't have actually pay the school, right? It was paid for by school levies, and I just thought it was interesting that they're all for it if it's after school, right? Um, but if their child says, "I want to continue with this more than one day a week." Parents, parents kind of balk at it when they have to pay for it for real. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you what go. you know. You're seeing these cool things that your that your kids are learning. You're seeing, you know, a turnaround in their attitude. And I don't. I, I, when we're teaching, especially kids who are troubled, um, we'd have an entire list of things that they had to do at home. Like we sat down with the parents and said, all right, so what is it that your, your children are not doing? Well, they're not in the schoolwork. They're not doing, cleaning the room. They're not doing their chores. They're not they're not being respectful. So we would actually create a customized list that they had, uh, to, do, had to do at home and they had to do at our school. So they had homework at home and they had homework <laughs> from our school and homework <laughs> from school school. <laughs> so, um, and we had a check. in a way helped the parent learn to discipline their child and and create boundaries and make sure that there were things, responsibilities that they had to keep up. And it, it blew my mind that parents didn't understand that. But but it was nice to, to help families grow that, that way and learn to work with their kids and, and make sure that their parents were the parent, not the right. friend. Yeah. But, you know, it, 
it turned them around. I mean, a lot of those kids um, came to me later. You know, they they graduate from high school, go on to college, and then come back to me a few several years later and say, "Wow, I really want to thank you for what you did." You know, and it's so nice. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Well, right on. Um, we've got uh, some callers on the line here, so again, we want to be you want to be part of the conversation. Press one on your telephone key so that we know you want to be in the caller queue. Otherwise, um, it puts you at the bottom of our caller queue, and it just lets us know that you're just listening. So, you know, if you want to talk to us, please press one. Oh, look, somebody press one. <laughs> We've got area code area code two one four two one four. You're on Dynamic Dojo TV. Who's this? Hey guys, this is Goldie. Hey Goldie. Go- Goldie. Goldie, Goldie, Mag. Goldie, Mag. Goldie, Mag. Goldie Mag, how you doing? How you guys doing? We're good. What's up over there in your neck of the woods? Well, I was listening to um, what you, what, one of the things that I've always done with uh, with my classes, uh, in line with what you were talking about, about the checklist, is that mm-hmm. I have a, 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 prog, um, a progress uh, form that my kids have to take to the school every three weeks and right. for the teachers to fill out. That way I, I get a heads up on what they're doing at school. Also, they have to take another one home that lets me know what they're doing and what they're not doing at home, mm-hmm. as well as yep. a, a self-evaluation that they have to do on themselves. And that lets me know where their head happens to be, what I have to work on, whether it's confidence, self-esteem, whatever. Now, so important. with those forms, it goes toward their testing oh, or nice. their mental attitude. And uh, if they don't bring those forms in every three weeks, they, then they lose X amount of points toward their testing. And they need an overall 70% average in order to be uh, considered pass of the test. Mm-hmm. If they get anything less than that, then they have to wait to the next testing cycle in order to test. Uh-huh. And, since, and since and since I've installed that, um, I have noticed that uh, uh, the problems at school go down, the problems at home mm-hmm. go down because they know all of that is tied into their That's progression right. at the school. Right. And, mm-hmm. and and what what I find is is that uh, it helps the parents especially the parents when it comes to the school, because the, the parents also get a copy of what the schools have sent back to me. Now, right. why is that important? When they get the uh, report card uh, at, at the end of the six weeks, if a teacher all of a sudden says that little Timmy has been uh, bad and all this other good stuff, but the, the previous three weeks they have been sending in reports saying that little Timmy is, is outstanding and great, now how can those two jive together? So now the parent has a, a written document that right. supports the child. And once the yep. child knows that the parent is going to back them up, it changes the whole dynamic. Right. right. That's exactly the way we were doing it. And the, everybody was involved. And so in that respect, and, you know, and the funny thing is, is that I got a phone call um, two days ago from a, a student that I hadn't seen in over 30 years. Damn. Now, he, he he said he's been looking for me for the last 30 years because I had him as a student when he was uh, uh, 11 years old. 
and uh, uh-huh. and when I was uh, in Kansas. And he goes, uh, uh, I'm glad I found you because now I've got a child, and I still use all of the techniques that you taught me for uh, life skills all those years, and I want my son to have the same thing. And would, would you be willing to send me uh, the training manuals that we used to use because mine burned up in the house? So I'm getting ready to send him a care package of everything that I've upgraded to him. You're going to always get those kind of things. You're going to get a student that you haven't seen or talked to in uh, 15, 20, 30 years that says, you know, it was because of what you did for me while I was in your class that has helped me grow into the person that I am today. And I think that's yep. an important thing for us. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. You know, I, for me, I, I didn't have that in the martial arts, but I had that with my high school teachers. My parents never, ever get my, my report. Ever. Yeah. Not, not once. <laughs> but I had two teachers that I, uh, Karen Jushan and Jerry Kabelski, are the two people that I, I just, to this day, still admire. And I'm so grateful that I had them in my life at, at that time because uh, they really, they really kept my interest up in school and cared about me. So it was wonderful. No, no. Thing too that I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So go ahead. The, the other thing that uh, that um, I was listening to when you were saying that if you have a, a kid that had that uh, bullying tendency, that uh, mm-hmm. when you have them help a uh, under uh, uh, grad, so to speak, a beginner student, it, it really helps them kind of get away from the bullying. And the reason for that, psychologically speaking, is that when you have them all of a sudden start to help all the lower grades all the time and they're doing it consistently, after a while they become attached to uh, that person and they want to yeah. see that person do well. And, and they yeah. take on the role of a big brother or a big sister. And we exactly. all know in a family, it, it's one thing for me to beat up my own brother, but nobody outside my family will touch my brother. That's right. And that's, that's, that's the same thing right. that happens. <laughs> you know, when these kids go to school, they see other kids bullying somebody that's smaller than them, and they used to be a bully. They all, yeah. all automatically start standing up for that other kid because they remember the kid that they helped that was bullied. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, exactly. so there's a complete and total mental shift. That's right. It's awesome. It's awesome how that how that works, you know. And uh, you know, kids. You know, I I I'm a firm believer in kids are a lot smarter and can understand human nature a lot better than we think. Yeah. Yes. You know, they do understand human nature. You know, so when we say, "Oh, you understand," you know. I it depends on the subject, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be surprised. But I don't know if you guys have heard the wonky phantom voice in the background saying, 90 seconds, 60 seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's in my ear saying, you were over, over time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so really valuable information. Yeah, it's always a here you call. I have to end the show, unfortunately, because we're running out of time. We're yeah, it just says that it's recording right now, but we don't. Oh. <laughs> you know, if we go too long into this, it'll kick us right off. 
So we're just gonna go ahead yeah. and knit in the bud right now. Thanks for thanks for joining in everyone with comments about um, why you got your kid in a martial arts and stuff like that. Tune into the dynamic dojo Facebook. Next time to see what we're gonna be talking about. Um, next. Well, it's gonna depend on what I'm doing. I might have to Facebook. There might not be a show next week. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, thank you for thank you for thank you everybody for tuning and writing in. Thank you very much. We will see everyone one time. Ready, Ed?